All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I watched a uh, a mini documentary. It was kind of like a forty five minute thing on his like weird apartment that he's got. That's just like art and shit everywhere. Yeah. Super. It's awesome. like a five million dollar apartment in yeah, Soho yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, it's just like a paint and shit everywhere. It's awesome. Yeah, butts everywhere. That kid butts it up. <laughs> that is a guy. Some bad shit happened to. I assure you. I don't really know much about him. Well, his parents left him home alone. <laughs> Twice. Twice. There's some abandonment issues yeah. there. Twice. Something tells me that that would be best case scenario if this is what made Macaulay Culkin into what he is now. <laughs> home alone could have never happened if he had cell phones. True. Kevin, you home? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Problem We're circling. The Uber's going to circle back and get you. <laughs> We're going to send a second Uber for you. I'm yeah. already on my way. And I already told Siri. She bought me new tickets. Yeah, so I guess would like kids of today watch that and be like, well, fuck, this movie's full of fucking That's plot a good holes. question. I'd love to know if, well, yeah. Beverly Hills... Uh, Beverly Hills Cop, the first one, the whole thing solved by cell phone. Mm. We know it would be timeless, though, as Beverly Hills now 2 and 0, because mm. you can't disrupt love. Think about how narcissistic everybody was in Beverly Hills now 2 and 0, and no one took a selfie, and no one sent a text, <laughs> and nobody was in online dating, yeah. and nobody had Facebook, and they're still like, Brenda! But like, all you could do is just yell it out. <laughs> like, yeah. There was nowhere to document your life. My first cell phone couldn't text. I could receive texts, could not send outgoing texts. Interesting. Yeah. Pay as you go. Oh, I remember I got a new phone and it had the option to text. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, what do oh, I yeah. do with this? With like, a T9 word yeah. keyboard. I'm like, how the hell would this it, ever work? It was amazing, though, how quickly we would adopt and pick up T9. Like, you could just sit with one finger and bang out oh, yeah. paragraphs. Oh, yeah. I was late adopter of T9 because I was stubborn. I still want to do the A, B, C, three pushes for C. Oh, shit. Every oh. word's 400 keystrokes. Yep. 
No, T9 was revolutionary. I it remember was... when I saw my first BlackBerry. The, like, grayscale one with, like, the wheel on the side. The wheel on the side. Right, plain snake with the wheel. Fuck. But, and like, so... my buddy was like, you can get your emails to your phone. And it was like, you can get your toast sent to your toilet. Like, I was like, what? How? Huh? How would I get emails on my phone? What? When did you make the switch? To BlackBerry? Or from BlackBerry? Like, well, how long were you in the game? I was late to coming to BlackBerry because I was just stubborn in an ass. What was, what was before? I was rocking the Razer 2. Oof. Ooh. I had some Samsung phone, I think. I had a weird Motorola flip phone. Yeah. Mm. I had a flip. So when the Pearl came out, all my friends got the Pearl. I didn't realize how cool it was the Pearl. I upgraded my phone to some shitty flip phone because um, it had like a color screen or some stupid thing I got sucked into. Look at that blue three. And then everyone's got their Pearls and they're playing Brick Breaker. And I'm just like, God, these guys are living their best life. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I called Rogers and I said... I need to upgrade my phone. Like, well, you can't. You just did it like two weeks ago. I'm like, yeah, but if you would have told me the Pearl was available to me, I would have selected it. So it's actually your fault. Well said. And they're like, no, no, no. And I kept escalating as far as I could go to the point where they're like, you just need to write a letter and get off, get out of my phone. So I wrote a letter to like the VP of whatever the hell it was. And uh, sure as shit, (laughs) I I get a letter back saying that I can get upgrade my phone. BlackBerry wasn't even this passionate about Brick Breaker. Oh, I know. Well, it's, everyone's having so much fun. Plus, this is a guy who's going to go on to be a big success, <laughs> have nothing else to succeed at, and killing it oh, in the man. game. Uh, That's yeah. so good. I know. I, I, ha- I was like, you got a free phone. What on earth? Well, I got the, uh, yeah, it was it was because it was either like 800 bucks to break my contract or take it to the nth degree. And I had this AudioVox one before I went to the BlackBerry because it had a stylus. Oh. I, could, I could play Bubble Popper on it, and it was a awesome. Stylus, eh? Just, yeah. They thought that was going to... Why? Why do you need a stylus when you got five on your hand? Exactly, and this thing was like ten pounds. Too. They, they super didn't thick. think. Yeah, they didn't. The difficulty was coming up with fingerprints that were wide enough that you could operate everything. Whereas yeah. a stylus is like super precise. Yes, thumbs, especially if you're a giant Canadian such as myself, are mm-hmm. roughly the size of a postage stamp. It's hard to come up with an interface that can run off thumbs that big. They figured it out. I remember stealing the Wi-Fi at uh, Rexall Place. It was open at the, in those days because oh. not many people had the old smartphones then, you see. So you had an early smartphone. Absolutely. Absolutely. To do what with Praytel? I played a lot of Bubble Popper. Online? Oh. No, it was just a game that came on it. An app? Using my little stylus, popping bubbles away. Jeez. I remember, I remember the first time I saw an iPhone. I remember that very clearly. A me guy too. showed it to me. He was like a tech guy I knew, and he was like, hey. You want to see some shit? And I was like, yeah. And it was it was an iPhone, but he'd like taken the cover off of it, like the the, the aluminum. This guy was one of those kind of guys. Mm. And he was like, you could run applications on this. And I was like, basically the same <laughs> thing. Huh? What? Applications? I can have pizza sent directly to uh, a light bulb? Like, I can apply for a job? And he's like, people are jailbreaking these things left and right. And we're writing games and everyone's doing shit. And I was like, Apple's not going to have any of that. I'm so I'm so stupid because I remember my buddy Rob was the first person that I knew to get an iPhone, and I'm looking at it and I'm like, I don't know, man. I just I don't know. Yeah. But then what clicked for me is when he told me it was like living in Star Trek, where you could touch everything on the screen, and I was like, that's fantastic. The tricorder, that's exactly what I need. The I best. remember reading about it and being remembering the Newton. Remember the Newton? Yes. Remember how Simpsons ended the Newton with yeah. that scene in the one episode? Yeah. Pick up Bart. I don't know what he said. Beat up Bart. Beat up. Eat up Martha. Eat up Martha. Beat up Bart. Eat up Martha. He throws at the stage, and yeah. Apple is like, 
oh, no one's going to buy them now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's so I remembered the Newton, and I saw the like, descriptions of the iPhone. I was like, oh, man, this is never going to happen. This is never going to happen. All this shit, email, go on the internet, music on your phone. No. I remember they were plagued with problems, and there was always rumors about how it was like the most colossal fuck-up of all time. And the demo phone that Steve Jobs used was like hardwired into like an antenna they'd set up off stage and they had like alternate graphics ready to go of like a simulation of what his demo was going to be in case the phone crashed, but it didn't. The stuff he's done in those demos to get whatever it is that he wanted to achieve done, like getting the computer to say hello, like all those hacks he had to do and the actual technology didn't work. was quite interesting. It's amazing to me that... The cell phone companies invested in the infrastructure required to allow smartphones to exist. Like all the old cell phone towers had to go mm-hmm. and they had to install all new crazy bandwidth to allow you like if you went to somebody in like 1998 and explained the data usage of your phone, they'd be like, your phone bill must be 11 quadrillion dollars. Right. And I read a book about Steve Jobs and they were talking about how he had to go to like convince Sprint. That if you get the iPhone, you're, your phone bill is going to shift from like a voice charge to a data charge. And everyone's always going to want a computer in their pocket, and you can always charge for that. And Sprint was like, how much does it cost? And they're like, $31 billion to redo your whole infrastructure, uh, or you're going to be the next record label who misjudged where technology went. Yeah. And now everybody doesn't need a phone anymore. because You will be, become Blockbuster. Yeah. And they were like, bah! and then they did it. Real life podcast, Dan had his hand in the air about 20 minutes ago and said, <laughs> boys, you haven't done an intro. You haven't mentioned your friends, our friends at Rigand Distilleries. You haven't said hi to everybody. You haven't welcomed them into Little Brick in Edmonton, which is not sweltering today. No, it's very, super nice, very comfortable in here today. I'm really into this week's weather as opposed to last week's weather. I love summer like the next guy. What I don't love is summer inside a beef jerky smoker of an environment. It was like, uh, and this is going back to the original one. Uh, Total Recall, where it's just that hazy, smoky, hot-like surface of another planet type situation because it was hot as hell, mm. smoky as fuck, and swassy as well as a combination of all this. There were swassies. Three moments. boobs everywhere. Yeah, I, I, I turned some light-colored shirts into dark-colored shirts. Oh, yeah. Well, you're I right. can't really rock white. It's kind of off my playbook. Oh. I'm generally sweaty in the summer. Well, that's all right. Yeah. You're what an Edmonton you friend. I know. You live in a country that's winter 11 and a half months a year. That's why I've got a thousand hoodies. I'm ready. Exactly. It gives two shits about two weeks in the summer when you're hot. Layer up. Yeah. How could you be hot if you lived in pee-pee? I like the heat. I dig the heat. But I'm smart enough to not wear a white shirt. Oh, fair enough. Because then it's a yellow shirt and nobody needs that. Oh, I don't I wear see. grays. Ah. I don't wear oh, light so blues. So if you're wearing a blue shirt really and you get sweated out, you don't care. Oh, yeah. Dark colors are your friend. Absolutely. Also, they're not your friend as well in a... Climate, but that's right. Everybody just go tarps off on PP. There you go. Exactly. I was in shape, tanned. Your solution is no shirt. Exactly. Right. Works. It's a different life there. It is. Island life. It's good life. 
It's a good life. I tagged you boys in a photo on Insta this week. Kentucky, my favorite tour company. Jay's favorite tour company, even though he's been on one extra tour without me. Mm. Not the time to discuss. I've never gone on a Kentucky tour, but I think that I would really be into just having that structure. I'm saying this is where you need to be. This is where you need to go. It's amazing. You, you accomplish more things. Well, yeah, because I'm very, I'm very much the opposite, where if I find a spot that I like, I'll settle. Yep. And I just chill. Yeah. And that's how I do it. But I think I need to try the other way to experience more. We want to continue for that precise reason. We're like, let's go somewhere and do something. Yeah. Now, we know we're not going to go anywhere and do anything because we're terrified Canadians who've never been overseas. And Kentucky hooked it up. Every morning, 9 a.m., get on the bus and they'll live your life for you. How was that traveling, though, all the time? I assume there were some uh, heavy hangovers on those bus slash boat slash train whatever rides. The the European one, because you we went to like 11 countries in like 16 days. So like you're you're moving. Every day it's a four to six hour bus ride to the next destination, which we called 95% of sleep. That's that's when you, that's when you're, so like, so you're up every morning at 7am, except for like there, I think there was two days, uh, where you got to stay in the town for two days and that felt like a week. It was just like luxury. Oh my God, I can sleep past seven. This is amazing. This is amazing. I'm going to get extra drunk tonight. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 10 times drunker. The bus ride was a sad place most mornings for a lot of people because they'd have a couple hours sleep, but then, you know, they just shut it down on the entire bus ride to the next destination. Did you ever have times where you had to wait or somebody missed the bus? People missed the bus and we had a no tolerance for that shit. See, that's what I would want. Like you weren't going to get left by the side of the road, but somehow. Someone had to train or something to us to the next destination Mm -hmm. because they got, uh, had too many pops. Yeah. Yeah, they got after it. If you're ever sitting there and you're like, you know, maybe I want to go away one day. Maybe I win the lottery. Maybe I save up all the pop bottles I've confined for 10 years. <laughs> None of my friends want to go anywhere with me. They're all lame. They want to spend their money on hand grenades and silver chess pieces. Go on Kentucky by yourself. Go on Kentucky and just show up and be like, I'm here now and here's my money. And uh, 15 days later, you will pop out the other end. A changed person for the better. Traveling by yourself yeah. is awesome. And you're going to have like amazing relationships. But it's also scary. Happen. Traveling by Super yourself scary. unless you're like, hey, I got a tattoo on my foot and lived in Thailand like a wild man. <laughs> if you're like, I don't know, I have a normal life and this is going to be a major thing for me and I'm going to have to like seriously set money aside for the next 18 months to make sure I do this. You can go on a trip like that knowing nothing and they will literally walk you to the plane at the end holding your hand and then you'll be like, holy shit. Yeah. It takes all the thinking out of it. Yeah. That's nice. I remember sitting there at the airport completely by myself. Old man dropped me off, cleared yeah. the gate. On your way out. Security. Yeah. On my way out. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, yeah. Made friends with a guy from the Navy on the plane, though. Him and I spent 14 glorious hours together. He was telling me about all kinds of shit. Naval stuff, I'd assume. Naval stuff, I assume. Well, I, if I can remember correctly. I'm going to segue that into something. I'm going to tie it to, to Folk Fest. Oh. But, 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 but just oh, yeah, but, 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 but why this is, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll delve deeper, but why you should talk to people on a plane and sometimes how it can be a benefit. So a few years ago, I'm on a plane talking to a guy, like all of a sudden talking to a guy. So we're in the middle of the plane, the four, the four seats together. The two, there's two seats that are seats that are empty, but somehow me and this guy are sitting beside each other. They, they arranged like that, which is kind of weird. So anyways, we get to talking and, uh, he's just like, yeah, I, I snuck some, uh, I, I got a bottle of bourbon up. I just keep ordering you, you order some, uh, 
some uh, ginger ales and I got the bourbon. I'm like, okay, man. Even <laughs> though it's free booze on anything transatlantic or transpacific. And bourbon and ginger, like what in the hell? Yeah. So anyways, I'm, just, angry, I'm, yeah. I'm humbling this guy. And we, <laughs> we talked literally because I couldn't sleep. So we talked for nine hours because we were flying to London. We talked the whole fucking flight. And it was funny. We ended up like, because he, he was actually from Edmonton trying to like, it's a, you know, four degrees of separation. We're connected somehow. And, you know, that was the last I ever saw him. Fast forward to Folk Fest. I'm in line at the beer gardens. He's a bartender. He yells, bottle of bourbon. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, put your tickets away. Gave me two beers. Come on. And this is why you strike up random conversations. Bottle of bourbon. That's what they call me in jail. That's right. That's good living. I love that. Free drinks. Oh, jeez. You're yeah. like that, though. Like, when we go around and we're doing stuff, people always remember what you look like. No one ever remembers meeting me, Bag Milk. As you I don't remember anybody. Like, I'm a goldfish. I'm surprised I know both of you. Jail walk by somebody and it'll be like that. Like, didn't we spend a time on a plane together? And I'll like walk somebody by somebody's like, are you my sister? Like, oh yeah, there you are. Like you asked. I'm good with faces. I am horrific with names. So we throw a lot of nation events where, hey, you know, hey, we have hey, hey. some wobblies. Dan's got his hand in the air, boys. Real quick, Dan. I don't yeah. know because Jason real quick and Dan had like put his hand in the air like five minutes prior to that. <laughs> Do you remember people at nation events even if you've met them when intoxicated, Jay? Because that's one of my worst nightmares. Okay. I've got another forefest story. <laughs> Just hold your damn horses. <laughs> this thing is a commercial enterprise and we go to break and Dan gets his hand in the air and we go to break. So we're going to break. I'm putting my foot down. My sandal clad foot in the middle of the off season. Back after this. Real life podcast. Have you got holes to dig, earth to pack, and roads to build? Then you need to call Jabba Machinery Group. Does your equipment need a service? You can't fix stupid, but here at Jabba Machinery Group, we can fix everything else. With a full range of parts to keep your equipment running smoothly, Jabba Machinery Group is a family-operated and Alberta-grown business. Here to help build a bigger and better Western Canada. Give us a call or visit us at jabbamachinery.com. Jabba Machinery Group. Join the family. We're back. Real Life Podcast brought to you by our friends at Jappa. It's the middle of the summer. All the equipment's out of the yard. I don't know what it's doing at Jappa, but I know it's out. They're busy. They got stuff leased out. They got stuff they're selling. I can tell you what they're doing. They're golfing upstairs in their cool simulator. No, they're not. They're working hard to provide value. Hey, working on the swing? That's working. I know Jappa just brought on a real hell of a beautiful human being as uh, a sales guy there for him, so... Uh, his name's Russ Bray. He's probably one of the salty earth humans and uh, excited for both Jappa and Russ to kick some ass. That's really nice of you to say that. Yeah, well, I got to shout out Russ. You know, R- Rusty's the guy. So here's Russ. He play, I play hockey with him. He is a talented guy, like talented hockey player, competes, shows up, really wants to win. Would you but spend nine hours on a flight with him drinking bourbon? I would drink all of his bourbon. Okay, go I on. I would give him two free beers at Folk Fest. Only with ginger ale, but I understand. But... Russ also he is the he is the um, yeah the curator if you will of the water bottles he cleans them after every game we have like fifteen water bottles that's a like, big job he, he wants to clean water bottles so he, like he takes care of us so like good guy loves a clean water bottle Jappa good hire I was an interesting from, uh... that's an like interesting cosign that's a sign of a remarkable human being yeah I'd be like hey Wanya you're in charge of the bottles I'm like. Fuck you. Who the hell are you to tell me what to do? <laughs> By the way, I don't play hockey. Why am I in this dressing room? This would unravel very quickly. And I learned from Rock'em Sock'em 6 why it was important that everybody has their own water bottle. Hmm. Don Cherry, giving lessons. Before the break, Jay, I asked you about nation events. Because Way to bring it back on the rails. Thank you. But I want to hear about Don Cherry. 
He's got great suits, big collars. This all, thing's all over the thing. map. <laughs> Said our three listeners to <laughs> each other <laughs> in an Uber. <laughs> hey, there's those two listeners that text each other about the show. They send them to me. They G-Man. send them tweets. G- the what's best. like G-Man some numbers? Yeah, I'll find out her. I'll find her Twitter account. Oh, yeah, she's good. I followed her on Instagram. She's I very thought, talented. I didn't realize she was like a teenage girl at first. I was like, this person is sassy AF. And then Have I you like, seen her drawings, though? So, well, this is how I found out. Super talented. Because oh, she did the one drawing. I didn't realize a kid had done that. That, to me, looks like an adult doing the drawing. Totally. I draw Stickman. That's as far as my drawing prowess has gone. Yes. Before the break, I asked you about, you said you're good at recognizing faces. Yes. I say we get drunk a lot. One of my biggest nightmares slash problems is when we have an event and somebody comes to talk to me and they say, hey, man, great to see you again. And I'm drawing blanks because chances are the last time I met them, I had had a few nation vodkas. Yes. How are you in this scenario? Yeah. So I think... I uh, I think I do have some black spots as well when I meet people and uh, and I say I'm good with rem- remembering faces, but uh, once again to bring it back to Folk Fest, I'm in line and there's a guy in front of me keeps looking back at me and he's smiling like oh whatever I'm just having a conversation with the people I am he's doing his thing and then he's at the bar and I'm right behind him and he turns to me he's like I've always wanted to buy you a beer <laughs> oh no. <laughs> And I'm like, okay. So he, he's like, what do you have? And, and, this is how Jay ends up in a tub. Yeah, oh, so he gave me, he gave me two beers. <laughs> and I was like, holy cow. And I'm like, how the fuck would I know this guy? Like, if, if, it, And clearly we've had a conversation before, and it has to be at a nation event because that's the only place where I could have a black spot where I could forget someone's I get face. such massive street cred. So that is four beers. free beers for me at Folk Fest this weekend, folks. Did you have any follow-up convo? So kind like I, I, I like, kind of did, and then he kind of like left. And I was like, is there something in these beers? But then I'm like, no. Nah. Then I chugged them both and went, no, nah, nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> oh, fiddle faddle. Yeah, I know. Like, he kind of sat to the side, and I just kind of had to deal we with something do some else. got follow-up questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, but, the, but then he kind of disappeared, and I was like, this is so random. And I'm like, then, but then I woke, like, in the morning when I'm kind of having the shower, recounting the night, I'm like, maybe I should have made an effort to, like, go after him for a conversation. So I didn't. So if you're listening, man... I'm sorry. Thank you. And next time we'll chat. Well, first of all, of course, he's not listening. We know all three of our listeners. Well, you don't know. Maybe he is. Maybe that's where he got the Uber. beers. Well, you never know. It's true. I owe him a beer if he listens to this podcast. Two beers, he, apparently. He's got it all fucking backwards. This is the backwards. problem, though, when you go on the news. When you're the public face of everything, you go on the news and people say, <laughs> who's that go-getter? With his <laughs> pants done up correctly. But he didn't even give me any context. Point. That's I've the thing. He's, just like, he's like, I've, I've always wanted to buy you a beer. And I'm like, that is very interesting. Well, you can use that as a process of elimination. It's nobody you've bested in any sort of athletic event because no. they wouldn't want to buy you a beer. It's nobody you've worked with because we know everybody and they wouldn't want to buy you a beer. No. It's somebody that you've partied with. Yeah. Maybe I've bought him a lot of beers. Maybe you did. Hmm. Maybe one time you were walking down the concourse at the arena and some like girl was about to fall and like trip and fall and you were like, whoa. And you're like, bro, catch this girl. And he's like, what? Yeah. Maybe and they got married. Up. Yeah. I've seen the Squire and dance. Maybe he saw some of the moves that you've put on the dance floor. <laughs> and he said, you know what? I need to buy that guy a beer. I think it's my idea. The trip and fall deflecto wife. Mm. I think that shit happens more than you think. <laughs> exactly. Very high probability. So let's go back to this for a sec. This is what we call bringing it back, Bag Milk. Structure. I'm ready. Back shout out. Rails. UConn Jack. Shout out. Everything is wrestling podcast. You're at the Folk Fest. You love the Folk Fest. You I, love the Folk Fest more with each year. It is starting to get alarming how much you love Folk Fest. That is very accurate. I have regrets in life of not partaking in it sooner. Uh, so, yeah, no. Like we never I, even went to Folk Fest until like four years ago. Yeah. 
And now you're like, it's like Sunday morning. It is the torrential rain of 2018. Uh-huh. You're like, well, see you later. Like, where the hell are you off to? Folk fest with my tarp. You got to accept the challenge. That's it's when when Mother Nature is trying to to make things nasty. It's it's good to try to battle back. So when I go to Folk Fest, I'm like, this is a week because I went this year one night. I went nuts last year. And once the year before, that's it. Mm-hmm. I feel culture shock among my fellow Edmontonians. Yeah. I've never been. What do you mean? Yeah. Well, it's just weird, right? Like if you go anywhere, like you know, traveling, you're sure. kind of like, I don't know how anything works. I'm just going to stand back and be coy. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're marching down Jasper Avenue or going into Bonnie Doon Mall, you're like, motherfucker, this is my city. Yeah. I know where the big ship is at the mall. I know everything. <laughs> but then you go to Folk Fest and you're like, who the hell? Yeah, these are people you normally wouldn't see, or people that have have got have channeled into like their any inner hip hippie. Awesome though. So how how far hippie are they going? Are they like the Full. big pants and like? Oh tie-dye? yeah, you'll see guys that got the the, the, the festival pants if you wear. Okay. They're they're shirtless. They're shoeless. You'll see people who've been going to folk fest for forty five years together. Yeah, and they have their spot on the hill. And this is one thing I want to ask you about this spot on the hill nonsense because this is just the inner sanctum of oh. Edmonton life is how the tarp system works at Folk Fest. What do you mean? Is it first come, first serve kind of no, thing? No, no. Oh, Everything yeah. around more Folk complicated. Fest is hilarious. Yeah, it's so complicated. It is very convoluted. I will walk you through it. It's called doing a tarp run. They do a lottery every morning. This is a um, four-day festival for people who don't know. It's a four-day festival, Thursday to Sunday. And every, every day. Morning. It's every morning. Yeah. It's not you could do a tarp run once for the whole weekend. It is every day. And, and on I the weekends, it's 6 a.m. Every weekend, it's like 6 a.m. 6 a.m., everybody gets up yeah. and goes to the festival. So this is how it goes. <laughs> nope. this, is, this is a classic hurry-up-and-wait situation. So you go there, you wait, and then they tell you you can walk into this pen. So you get like livestock, get like ushered into this pen. Like children of men. Yes, and you stay Remember in this pen. Remember that movie, pen. Bag Milk? I don't think I've ever seen it, children but I've heard of, of it. So ah. you stay in this pen for 30 minutes. Right? In the 30 minutes, they close the is pen. Is there water? No one's allowed. Yeah, there's troughs. They close the pen. They close the pen, and then they do the draw. So then, so when you walk in, everyone <laughs> everyone gets a ticket. Well, and first we'll put them all in cages. Yeah, the they'd committee. be super bummed if you get there late and the pen is closed. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, well, they do. And, and, and like that's the thing. Like, there's, like, granted, it's about peace and love, but there's fucking rules, and they are zero tolerance. Mm. Ish. <laughs> but when it comes to the lottery... Zero tolerance. Yeah. Uh, so they close the pen. All the people are trying to run up, get in it, or get the fuck out of here. You're not allowed in. So everyone, when you walk in, you get this. You get a ticket, and it's a, it's a color, and it's going to have an artist's name on it. And there's there's thirty different potential tickets you can get, and so then they do a draw, right? So I my first ever tarp run, I got drawn first. So the news. Sharon Shannon. That's that's that was the artist I had. So she is now my favorite forever. The so nude. I'm with a bunch first of people. Pick. I'm the newbie. I get picked first. They've never been picked first, and they, these people are, you know, folk festers for six plus years. This reminds me, incidentally, just to interrupt at the time. The first time I ever played that game at the casino where the horses did the run. Yeah. And you were like, you should go play that. I'm like, I've never played it. You're like, chances are you'll win because it's your first time. And I was like, okay. I won. That's right. Beginner's going. luck, man. Beginner's luck. It's Beginner's luck. So you're you're in. You're so they, so I'm in first. So they they, they keep drawing right, and, and until like they got their thirty groups. So I'm in the first group. So they usher you then towards the grounds because this happens like probably five hundred meters away from Folk Fest. So this is like the Mutart, and then Folk Fest is on Gallagher's Hill. So then you do like the the pilgrimage walk to the to the gates, and then you sit down and you wait for an hour and a half. I'm getting annoyed now. Why do you have to wait so long? Everybody does that. This is what's 
I don't get it. But but this the but the, but here's the thing. Like they, 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 there's so much trust in the culture within Folk Fest that if if I'm first, I, I was about the tenth person in line. Um, if had I known what the fuck I was doing, I, I would have been number one because I didn't know I was supposed to leave the the, the pen. But anyways, <laughs> so I could have left my stuff there and just walked away and come back in 90 minutes and my spot would still be there in line. So that's the veteran move. See, I didn't know that. So I had friends that got picked like 27th, they're way in the back. They're at Kalina and Mutart drinking wine, sending me photos when there was like 10 minutes to go till like they opened the gates. And I was like, fuck, I could have enjoyed myself like that. But like, that's the kind of level of trust. So anyways, you had to wait for an hour and a half. Then they let you in. So they bring you in group by group. So there's two, they do two of these lottery pens on either side uh, of the stage. So what happens is they bring the first, I was in the first group. They bring the first route from the other side. And then, so you're both standing on either side of the stage and you got security guys holding you up. Security's like, this is the easiest job of the year. So this is where it gets Hold intense. Hold on everybody at Folk Fest. Don't run over each other. This is where it gets intense. So now you got to go and lay your tarp. So your tarp is your place for the night. So it is, even though, you know, I'm in a group of like 30 people and there's 30 people on the other side, there's 60 of us. It's like kill or be killed. So I was talking to all of the like long-term folk festers on where I should put my tarp because they're like, should I be right up on the stage? That's smart. You got some intel. I'm like, should I be right up on the stage? Yeah. Right yeah. not. They're like, well, you know, the, like this act's playing. A lot of people are going to be walking in front of you if you go here. She, well, they got like, a whole stratego. The whole street. She's like, you want to be four back and, and two off of where like the big sound cords that go to the sound stage are. She's like, that way no one will be getting in your way and blah, blah, blah. So like, I'd be there bag milk like, what time is Rick Ross playing? He's not. What? <laughs> oh, man, I'm out of here. And I'd like throw my tarp at a kid and run off. So then they release. So then the, the security guards go, okay, everyone go, but no running. Everyone starts fucking running. But there's a skill to this that I didn't know about is everyone rolls up their tarps. So they get to their spot and they just like throw it out and like cast it like a net. What? Because it's, you got to cover your grass for it to be yours. So, I, so here's the thing. I'm told you got to get your tarp on the ground and you got to get your two corners in so no one can overlap you. God almighty. And this is like 65-year-old hippies. Oh, like, yeah. By day, I'm the vice president of Grandin School. By night, I'm whooping <laughs> ass at Folk Fest. So I'm running, and, I, and I, I'm, I'm trying to get to my zone, but then a guy unfurls his tarp in front of me, so I, I couldn't get two off of the sound cords. I got three off because I was like, I panicked because this like, tarp's being shot at me like, like <laughs> Spider-Man panicked. shooting his web. I panicked. So I just immediately, I'm like, holy shit. I put my tarp down and it's like, quick, you got to get your pegs and then, then, you, then you got a guy measuring your tarp, making sure it's regulation. Oh, it's fucking intense. So then, so then the guy in front of me is put down his tarp and there's about, I don't know, two feet of grass that are separating our tarps. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to pull mine down. Right, because also the tarps are always snug, like airtight seals. Let's go. Some reason there's a gap here, so I'm like, well, either I've, I fucked up or I'm just gonna pull it down. It's two feet. And this guy, this old guy, starts yelling at me, and I'm like, what's going on? He's like, you can't do that. I'm like, we're talking about it's grass. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not covering your tarp. He's like, oh no, I need that. I'm like, but your tarp's over there. He's like, no, 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 I, I need this. And I'm like. What do you mean you need this? And then I'm like, oh, fuck, it's an old man. Like, I'm not going to get heated. You could. I was already, it's Folkfest. It's my first time there. I don't want to like, be put on a it's list. It's true. true. So then I You're chill. You're taking the Connor approach about how he wouldn't say anything bad about anyone in the league his <laughs> yeah. first year. Classy. So, Classy. So, so then, so whatever. I'm like, okay, whatever. Whatever. I'm going to try to get back to this guy later. So then I come back uh, with my crew. Everyone's so pumped of the, of, the, of the positioning and how close they're at a stage. And they've never been so close. And I feel like a hero. And so I felt like Connor. And uh, yeah. Then this guy gets a little like band-aid tarp to bridge the gap of grass. 
Where do you get a band aid? Which is tarp? a fucking full fest no no. Where do you get a band aid tarp? He took one and just like folded it up mm-hmm. to cover the little thing. So he's done two things. Not regulation. This jerk is he's covered up, which is illegal. So he's now on too big a space. And he's overlapped this fucking Band-Aid tarp onto my tarp. It's on top of your tarp? No, it's, 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 it's about three inches onto my tarp. So he's not there. So I, I move all of nice. his chairs yes. onto his tarp. Yes. I lift up his, uh, his little Band-Aid tarp to expose the grass. I push all of our chairs to the edge bordering the grass. This is how you defend your turf. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is like a what's it's clash the, of clans. What's, the type, what's, what's war when it's like you're not actually fighting? Brinksmanship. Is it brinksmanship? Like it was uh, kind of going to the verge of war without actually. Yeah, like so. I, I did. I did a bunch of things to fuck with him, and then he he subsided or subsided. Like he 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 gave way. <laughs> so we took over back that ground that should never have been disputed. Anyways, it's like it's like Canada and Denmark going to war for that little island in the north. Mm-hmm. We keep Saint Pierre Miquelon. Yeah, you switch and keep switching the flag for who's claiming the land. You but, win a lot of those battles of life. I've always been impressed by that <laughs> about you. Like. Life throws you a lot of like little situations where you can be like, whatever. You can be like, fuck that. I'm getting a free Blackberry Pearl. I respect it. It was, it was, it was a super interesting experience. And next year, like, cause I'm like, I don't want to fuck with the system. I respect folk fest. But like, now that I know that it's like that part of it is kind of more of like a dog fight. Like I'm coming in elbows up next year. Oh yeah. American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. It's called. August 8th to 11th in 2019. They already told us plan your tactics. We buddy, we've got it lined up till 2021. It's Perfect. honestly whatever. If you're not into folk music, not all of it is folk music, anyways. I'm like, I'm not the. Biggest we can talk folk about it more. First of all, Dan's hands in the air. Which oh, is okay. We We're carrying on. Okay, but fine. I want to tell my folk fest story from this year. It's not nearly as interesting as yours, but I thought it was gross. So we'll be back. Real life podcast after this. SumoJerky.com. You've been through the gas station. You've seen all the flavors: teriyaki, black pepper. Maybe extra hot, sweet chili. That's about as exotic as it gets. But if you subscribe to Sumo Jerky at sumojerky.com, check them out online, enter your preferences. They source out the finest small batch handcrafted ma and pa jerky from all over the world. They have all your favorite flavors, but it's high-quality, handcrafted versions of your favorite flavors, and they get exotic as well. Exotic jerky from exotic animals, or play it straight and stick with beef. Enter your preferences at sumojerky.com. It shows up once a month. Deliver it as a gift if you like. Have it sent to your work for a little pick-me-up during the day. Sumojerky.com. Follow them on Instagram at sumojerky for pictures of their meat. Or sign up for the service yourself, sumojerky.com. Once a month, meat delivered right to your door. It's the home delivery service you didn't realize you need until it started showing up. My favorite day of the month is Sumo Jerky Delivery Day. Sumojerky.com to get started. We're back. Real Life Podcast brought to you by our good friends at sumojerky.com. If you got some weirdo in your life that you are financially obligated to buy a present for, <laughs> I will tell you what, Jack. You get yourself some sumo jerky, they get themselves month after month of tasty beef treats, and your kid's physical trainer is hooked up for 2019. Uh, sodium's great for kids. They thrive on sodium. Kids are mostly made of sodium. I think so. Especially if you get the dip in salts. I miss the dip in salts. Uh, that was good living. Yeah, I think that I think I sent word through the chain of command of sumo jerky that dip in salts were never to be included again for fear <laughs> you'll die and the nation network will crash. Uh, your blood pressure is sky high, but the jerky is delicious. It's delicious, and it comes every month. <laughs> what can I do? Dip in salts. You know what? I just lick my finger and stick it right in the bag. I'll tell you another Gross. story about Folk Fest, boys. <laughs> Let's just go grosser. 
Dan said at the break, I have a funny feeling in my chest as you guys are going to start talking about this stuff. That's the kind of stuff we got to make into teasers for the show, Dan. We got to like tweet like, I got a funny feeling the third break of this is so gross. I'm going to puke. And that's like hype. You're like the flavor flavor of the show. So I go to Folk Fest. I'll tell a story where I look like an asshole, Jay. I don't care. <laughs> I walk in. I've walked to Folk Fest, so I'm already proud of myself. My carbon footprint for the night is limited. That's right. And I get in, and I have a ticket for one night or whatever it is. And I look at the line, and I'm with my buddy, and it's like, oh, the line is half of Folk Fest is in line for beer gardens. I'm like, well, that's odd, but apparently it's par for the course. And I'm like, I'm not waiting in no line. My buddy's like, oh, you have to because everybody has to wait in line because this is how it works here at Folk Fest. So I'm like, well, let's go get something to eat and think about this. So we go and eat. And I was, ta- I was in a cafe this week, and I asked the barista kid if he was going to Folk Fest. And he goes, yeah, I'll go to Folk Fest. I'm like, oh, where are your t- what day do you have tickets for? He goes, nah, I'm not getting tickets. And this is like hipster cafe people I look up to, and I know I'm never going to be as cool as they are, but I was trying to talk shop with them when I'm at the foreign cafe. And I go, what do you mean you're not going to buy tickets? You're going to volunteer? And he goes, volunteer. I sneak in. I sneak in every year. There's a way you can sneak into Folk Fest. And I learned about it when I was a kid. Oh, wow. And I was like, what? He goes, yeah. And there's a way to sneak into beer gardens, too. Beer gardens? And the way he was so matter of fact about it, I was like, well, did he tell you the beer garden one? Because someone actually told me how to sneak into beer gardens. You've heard how to do it? It's 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 nasty. This guy made it sound like it was as simple as walking up and doing a secret handshake. So I'm eating my plate of whatever. I'm doing a loop. I don't know what I'm looking for. I suppose I'm like one of those guys in Ecuadorian prison in that documentary I was watching on Netflix. They just look at the prison all day long thinking of how to break out. But I'm trying to break in, Jack. And I can't find a way in. And I eat my food. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And the beer line somehow is getting longer, not shorter. Like it is... All the way to the 2019 Folk Fest. It Are we stretches. talking a small beer garden? What, what, it's what like half so? the place, but it's, everybody it's listens big. to music, then goes for a beer, and the line goes insane. Yeah. Then they go back, and there's some people who go into beer gardens and never leave. Is this the kind of line where essentially you get there, front of the line, you grab your beers, and you just drink them in the back of the line? You could, it's yeah. It's the line to get into beer gardens. Yeah, it's the line you're in get... beer gardens, oh, okay. it's, it's, it's a series of lineups. There's a lineup to get in, there's a lineup to buy our tokens, there's a lineup to get beer. And there's a lineup to take a piss. Unless you use journal like myself. We're going to move to this in a bit, but we're not there yet because I still have the story of how the hell I got in. So I'm like, all right, there's no way I can find to scale these fences. I don't seem to see any tunnels. They don't appear to be drones dropping people on the other side. I'm going to have to do it the old-fashioned way. They get into the nightclub way, bag milk, where younger Wanye would just walk up to the doorman, look him square in the eye, and act like I've been there before. And as long as you're polite... And you ask how they're doing, lots of times Dorman will just let you in because they'll think, hmm, maybe I don't know who this guy is. Maybe I was off last week and this is somebody new of some importance. If you act like a dick, they'll pretend you at the back of the line. But my whole life, I've been getting into places by being nice. So I'm walking the front of the line. My buddy's like, what are you doing? (laughs) You're walking past acres of people. I'm like, that's their problem. This is cutthroat shit. I think I'd be good at the tarps. (laughs) And I get to the front. And as I'm getting to the front, three girls I know from like 2005. This is where Folk Fest is good because you see people from back through history. It's like real-life Facebook. Mm -hmm. It is real-life Facebook. That's a very good way to put it. And I see them, and I just go, hey, girls, cutsies? Like, haven't seen them in five years at minimum, one a decade. And they're like, of course, of course. And, like, I just didn't even break stride and walked right into beer gardens. And I know bag milk. I know damn well if everybody did that, there'd be chaos. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it's not everybody who's doing it. And when I got in, I looked at my buddy, and I went, see? 
That's even better than beginner's luck. That's drunk people luck. And that's another thing I got going for me. Drunk people luck of like how you find a taxi when there's no taxis to be had. Or drunk people luck how the line to get into Cowboys at, at Stampede is so long, but the bartender, the one bartender you know, has got their back to the fence and they see you and let you in. Drunk people luck, bag milk. It is funny, like the subculture. Like So many people have different life hacks for Folk Fest for different things. So things I got, there's, there was a secret lineup for beer. Secret lineup. There's a secret lineup for beer. Where the, what happens is all these there's these huge lines, but what happens is as as you get into it, there's like this like pillar where there's no lineup behind, but there's a lineup on the other side, but you can never see it. So you just walk straight to that one, and it cuts you probably ahead of like twenty to thirty people. Secret line, and it's because I heard these two girls walk by. They're like, "We're going to the secret line." I'm like, "Okay." Secret and I just, line. I just stayed oh, quiet yeah. and I just had my eyes glued on them. Life hack saves you. That probably that that secret line probably saves you twenty minutes of beer run. You just told eight listeners, four of which are bots, the secret line at Folk Fest. So I don't mind divulging it because you have to actually look for it. It's not like it's in your face, but everyone's got like a hack for peeing. But the hack to get oh, into beer gardens yeah. I got shared with is that don't say it. Okay, don't will, tell that. I will not say it because I just told the story. No, no, no. This one's very gross. Well, you I don't think you do should it. tell because people might do it. I want to hear the gross. Just story. to climb through a porta potty hole. It's not fucking <gasps> far off. You have to. So, the, so you saw like. Well, we'll talk about the urinal troughs. Oh, we're not done with that. Yeah, the urinal that, troughs. I mean, we haven't started. So where where the urinal trough tent is? It's like it's like connects to the the other urinal trough trough tent that's outside of the beer gardens. So if you crawl underneath the tr- two troughs, you break in through. <laughs> The urinals. It's like Shawshank. So if you're, if you're willing to get, if you, so it's like so this guy's like, my brother never waits for beer gardens. I'm like, why? Like, he's, <laughs> he's, he's he's prepared to get dirty. He crawled in these freaking urinal troughs. So is there disgusting. like pee dripping everywhere? Well, wow, there'd be people around you and stuff, but yeah, there could be like pee all over the ground. <laughs> like he crawled uh, through 500 yards of God's stinking filth to stand uh. in the secret <laughs> line for beers at Folk Fest. Uh, wow. Everyone, but like so many little hacks. It's amazing. Mine wasn't a hack. Mine was just being a douchebag and taking what I find. Yeah, it's a hack. I used to have a similar kind of hack as yours, Wanye, for Big Valley when I used to go. There was a spot, low spot in the fence where you could just climb up into the VIP, and I would, I would pay for a just general camping. See, ticket. I didn't know that. That's general intelligence hack. Mine was just strong arming. I Trojan horsed. <laughs> well, sometimes you got it right. I thought I feel like it's a hack. Just walks right through. If you do anything and it looks like you belong, like we talked about this a while ago, I wanted to steal a bed from the Fairmont Lake Louise. If I had coveralls on and we just walked out with it, nobody would have ever said a thing. If you drive a white Jeep and get two orange pylons and put one in front and behind your Jeep, you can park (laughs) anywhere you want and no one's going to ticket you for shit. Yeah, that's fair. Also, my old man used to have a uh, construction penny that he used to keep in his car. Uh It was like a legit thing that he had for work. But sometimes he would get in parking lines, and he would just pull out cones from his the back the trunk of his car, which were legit City of Edmonton cones. Put on his thing, just mark off his car, and there's your parking spot. Ooh, that's oh. abuse of power. I love it. I love it. You had to do it as a non-city employee, so that you're just straight up a criminal. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of criminal, speaking of folk fest, speaking of things you don't want to see, speaking of gross, I'm like, okay. Folk fest to me is you go stand in line, you get in line, you go stand in line, you go pee. You go pee, you stand in line, you stand in line, you sit down. I go to go pee, I'm standing in line, and a guy says to me, and this is like your line thing, hey, there's a shorter place to pee if you don't want to wait. And I said, of course I don't want to wait. I've got Big Rock coming out of my eye ducts. He goes, just go over there. There's a communal urinal. 
And I'm like, great. And I'm walking over. I'm like, what's a communal urinal? I'm thinking like, oh, it's one of those things where there's a wall and there's like a trough. And those are so stand gross. There. That's fine. I mean, in nightclubs especially, they put some ice down. Very like, efficient. Very efficient. You got to piss. No, I get it. It's You're just... thinking about Thailand ones. No, I just it's just in general. Like last time I was at a pee trough was in Vancouver. And I was just, it's not my jam. Well, you've never been to one like this. Probably so not. I walk uh, in, no light, first of all. Nice. And I'm like, why is there no light? Then I realize <laughs> it's the hippie solution to the fact Basically, you've got a clawfoot bathtub, and a group of men are standing around it like a campfire, face to face bag milk, two and a half feet from each other, like you and I are now. Dicks out, peeing. Now, I'm not gun shy, so I don't care. I've had some scrapes to the law about public nudity and running here and there and everywhere. It doesn't bother me none. But I'm looking, and I don't think I've ever, other than the showers at the gym, have I seen this sort of forced nudity situation on anybody. I'm like, this is fucking disgusting. And I have my light out on my phone, and I was like shining it on people while I'm peeing. I was really <laughs> drunk, right? They're like, <laughs> they're like hissing at me like they're vampires. So I'm like, ah! Oh, no. Got my pee out twice as fast. Yeah. So to continue on the trough, I know, we're, I, wow, everyone's going to, we're painting a very rosy picture of Folk Fest. Okay. It is an amazing, it's an amazing is, time. It is a fun time. This is all part of the fun. And no one's listening. It's fun. None of this sounds fun to me. So in the trough, I was in there earlier. There was a toonie in there. Uh, so How bad do you want it? That's well, the game. That's, that's, so I'm like, who would actually, someone dropped it. Obviously, that's why it's left there. I'm like, who's the guy who's going to grab it? So then all of a sudden... <laughs> You know, fast forward an hour later, and you hear that the urinal uh, is overflowing. Oh, no. Toonie's stuck. Bag milk's on the case here. So the, the, the urinal's overflowing. With actual, like, decaliters of pee. Yeah, because the guy's just like, the guy's just kept, like, well, fuck, I'm, I'm going to pee in it until it's full. <laughs> Which took 10 minutes because yeah. it's bug fest. So then, <laughs> right, so then you hear about that. So then how I got the Toonie, I go for my next pee. And then there's a guy in there talking about how there was a guy who stuck his hand in there because and unclogged the toonie that was clogging the fucking. That's a man. That trough. is the mayor of Edmonton if he gets on the ballot. Oh, not all who heroes wear that? capes. Oh, like that's exactly. Just... That's a folk fest legend right there. And he walked away two dollars richer. He got paid for but his efforts. Immeasurably poorer. <laughs> I feel like there are people, and I respect these people to no end, whose jobs involve disgusting shit happening. Like, I remember when we had our oh, bar like a gym. pump truck for porta potties yeah. I remember when the toilets used to back up at the bar, and we'd have to go oh. mop them out yeah. regularly. Like, dance floors bumping. This is the height of being a bar owner. You're 24. You're the shit. Toilet backed up, and no one will go do it but you. And you're walking. I'd walk across the dance floor with a mop and bucket. What's up, ladies? <laughs> mop that shit out. There are people, like people who run the honey truck, or people who, like that Dirty Jobs with Mike Rowe show. Yeah. I watched that. I'm like, man, I've never had a bad day at work ever. That guy who put his hand in, not knowing anything about it, no. it's probably one of those superhuman guys. It's like, that's gross, but I'm the guy at the zoo who helps the elephants with their constipation or whatever the hell people do for a living. And you're like, good God, that's disgusting. Or he was the drunkest man alive. Wow. Yeah, combination. And that $2, and really be, yeah. that toonie gets him closer to another beer. Well, I don't, so the, what I don't know is that I don't know if he could see the toonie. I think he like I think he put his hand in the drain. Oh, so it's a surprise. It. So I, I think he got rewarded for his effort. <laughs> He's like, that'll teach me. Help yeah. out people. Let's learn. Do the hard work. I remember one time a staff member coming to me at the bar and going, you got to go into the bathroom. Some guy's going crazy. <laughs> sort of shit happens all the time. That's why you're in the bar biz. I'm like, all right. And I go in and I open the door and there's a guy like 50-something dude. 
It's one in the morning on a Friday. He'd come in for happy hour and then lost the plot. He, there was an overflowing urinal, and he had his hands in the urinal. And he was, like, scooping the urinal out onto the floor. And he was cursing the place for being gross. Like, this bar doesn't take care of anything. Look at this urinal. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? You're making the problem, like, ten times worse. That's my job. What the hell? And he was like, ah. he was scooping shit with his hands. And I watched just walk out of the bar. And I'm like, nope. You have to go. That was one of the first people I ever threw out of a bar. Wow. Was that old man. Old pea scooper. You got to go. Yeah. Let's take a break. We'll be back. We'll pay some bills. Come back, talk about some other stuff in the Real Life Podcast after this. Alberta is where you find hard-working hands. Where prairie-grown rye meets mountain spring water. Where we pull dragons from the ground. And we choose Rig Hand Distillery. Vodka, whiskey, gin, and more. Rig Hand is made from Alberta-grown ingredients, locally distilled and distributed. It's a bottle of Alberta. Ask for award-winning Righan in your liquor store and visit RighanDistillery.com. Real Life Podcast brought to you by our friends at Righan Distilleries, makers of Brum, makers of Nation Vodka, delish. Now we go to break and we're thinking about that story you told, Jay, about the pen. And I was like, didn't you make intern Chris do that like two summers ago and go stand in line for you? So I heard, <laughs> I've heard of companies that like... Like law firms and whatnot, they'll send the interns to go get the tarps. Yeah, I'm like, we had an intern. I thought I would do it, not knowing that it's a four hour fucking situation, or you need to send the guy there with a tarp. <laughs> I told, Chris, and I'm sure he hates me still for it, to go get us a tarp one year, uh, to go get us do the tarp run. Did so he get it set up without a tarp? He didn't have a tarp. He didn't have a tarp. So he, got, he called frantically. I was unreachable. I think he got a <laughs> hold of Noopsie, and Noopsie found a tarp and got him a tarp. So he got drawn, couldn't go do the tarp run, had to come do everything after that. So needless to say, we got a very terrible location. Uh, <laughs> and poor was I just thought, all I heard was, intern check, tarp run, let's go. Yeah, he's still a little salty about that one. I uh, was sure to bring that up when you posted a picture on Instagram of you waiting for the tarps. Yeah. And I'd like to... Wave that in Chris's face. Uh, just to just to liven things up, you know? Uh, that's, you know. How, that's how the pyramid of life works, boys. <laughs> One day you will order interns to do shit and not realize how annoying you are. Yeah, yeah. Well, they will order an intern after them, and so on and so forth, like the Old Testament. And this is how hazing this continues that, on. That begat that, and next thing you know, we all live in the Mars. Corporate hazing. Yeah. <laughs> Go get your tarp. Go get your tarp. Send the interns. Four hours in line. Four hours Enjoy. in line. Spe- by himself. By without himself. a tarp. <laughs> without a tarp. Speaking of shady shit, <laughs> as we call that a segue in the industry. What industry is that, Wanye? I don't know. I got a note, note here that says, bag milk stuff, Team Canada shadiness, question mark, underline. Yeah, so the Halinka Gretzky Cup ended with uh, some controversy this past week. Controversy. Canada versus the U.S. in the final. The gold medal final, Wanye, and Canada was down by a goal. Oh, boy. Here we Clock's go. Clock's running out. Third period. Shit. But What's the score? I, uh, I don't have the score. Sorry, Dan? 3-2. Three, 3-2, two. Three, two, Dan tells me. And Canada scores the tying goal with no time left on the clock. You know it. So, okay, no time left. Like, they buzzer beater or they, they shot the puck in the net after it hit zero? Well, that's what I'm not sure of. So, Dan, if you uh, know something on this, chime in for me. That's what happened. The puck went in after the... Puck went in after the 
Puck went in after after zero and replays show that happened without a doubt. Well, there lies the problem, sir, because there was no video replay at the Holinka Gretzky Cup. What year is this? Nineteen ninety-four. From former Edmonton Oilers coach and current Hockey Canada president and CEO Tom Rennie, prior to the competition at the directorate meeting. It was decided that there would be no video review because three venues being used don't all have that capacity. It's in the best interest of consistency and fairness throughout the three venues. It was decided by all teams and signed off on that the officials on the ice would make the call as they did tonight, which favored Canada in this sense, sending them to overtime where our boys ended up winning. This is bullshit. This tournament is the 30th anniversary of the boxing match between Gretzky and Halinka. And they're having a hockey <laughs> tournament now to commemorate it's the it. Thriller Manila, I believe. And they don't even bother to put in video replay throughout the entire tournament. They're dishonoring the legacy. USA Hockey Assistant Executive Director John Van Beesbrook. Oh, oh wow, the bees! What up, bees? It's a bitter pill to swallow for sure. Shut up, bees! You know what's oh, a bitter pill to swallow? That's it's acknowledging all those years in Florida when you were making all them saves, but the team still sucked. That's acknowledging guilt to that statement. And, uh, yeah, like we won't talk about Van Beesburg's, like shady comments from you know 10 years ago. But that's so story. where are they playing? I like that are that's they... our move. Sorry to interrupt. That's our move to discredit the fact that we totally were shady and gave Canada <laughs> a goal. Like, you better shut up, Van Beesburg. <laughs> I remember your career save percentage. We'll yeah. send in the bees. Well, now it's kind of a situation where, obviously, the Americans are pissed off. They should have won the gold. Mm-hmm. The Canadians, do you get an asterisk on that victory? or Nope. You just take it. Oh, all day. It's like the KHL when Putin-sponsored team was destroying everybody. Well, that's you know what's so funny is they lost in the final. Yeah, shadily. To HK Bars or whatever wasn't the hell they're like called. AK Bars. Wasn't it a shady loss? Wasn't there something? I don't know. I saw the one offside call where the guy was like 35 feet offside and the rest were like, nope. <laughs> I didn't see nothing. Yeah. It was fine. Oh, yeah. There's in cash skating down the ice. Yeah. <laughs> Edmonton, or, uh, Edmonton, Canada head coach Andre Torigny says, for sure, it would have been, if it would have been us, it would have been very frustrating. But it was a tight call. Rules are the rules, and a call is a call. I wish our guy was calls cooler than John time. Ferrigno or whatever that one was. How come they get the bees to talk for them and we get a guy I've never heard of? I want, like, Felix Potvin talking on our behalf, or Cujo. No love for Tom Rennie? Oh, love Tom Rennie. Love Tom Rennie, but he was never a player of any note. No. Weathers coach, though. Got uh... treated unfairly. Very unfairly. Yep. If Tom Rennie been the head coach next year, I think we would have done better. Probably. Ooh, that's hard. That was, like, a weird one, though, because like, it was Quinn, it was Rennie, and they were, like, Quinn, the odd couple. He was, like, mad old. Oh, yeah, he was super old. He was crazy old. Co- the minute you go co-head coaches, you know you fucking That's like lost trading for began. the Hartford Whalers Gordy Howe. I remember Still that- Gordy Howe. <laughs> very late in his career. I remember very, the reveal, though. Do you remember the reveal? Do I remember where they the both reveal? walked out. Unbelievable. Kind of like the shadows. Quinn and Rennie. Smoke machine. Yep. Lasers. Waiting yep. for tonight. J-Lo video lasers. Oh, good jam. Wind tunnel. Rennie, Rennie came out as silver fox hair fluttering in the Two wind. Two silver foxes. Yeah. The... Pat Quinn was an intimidating dude. I saw him, at the, or someone saw him somewhere, and said that they locked, I wasn't me, I'm remembering somebody else's life, but they locked eyes with Pat Quinn, and Pat Quinn, like, crazy Irish guy, stared right through them, they were like, man, because he was a scary player, Pat Quinn. Oh, yeah, he was hard-nosed. Yeah, and we got him at, like, 74, didn't we, or something like that? Like, he was mad old when he came to coach the oil. Yeah. He was still scary. Yep. I always remember Pat Quinn from when he was the coach of the Leafs, and he took one in the face on the bench. Got stitched up and just didn't miss a shift. Kind of like MVP Parker Knox when he took one in the melon. Oh, that is something the for the 
for the ages MVP Parker, Parker Knox. I remember Pat Quinn's extra gum ad, Excel gum ad. What was mm-hmm. it? And I was like, God damn, the coach of the Leafs has a gum deal. That is some big league shit. I'm surprised more coaches don't have those kind of deals. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, as an example, Todd McClellan could be for supercuts or something. He's always got a fresh cut. Todd McClellan, Craig McTavish, Tom Rennie. If you were in the barbershop with the sense to have Oilers, Silver Fox coaches endorse you, mm-hmm. rich. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, And Todd McClellan, in, by, at least by my eye, always got a fresh cut. Always, always. looking good. Always looking uh, fly. I bet he gets his hair cut every 10 days. I bet you someone yep. comes to the arena and cuts his hair there. That's Probably. what the real ballers do. Well, Snoop Dogg gets haircuts in his own dining room, for God's sakes. Well, that's what they say. Like They say like the, the, the dressing room and amenities there for the players is just insane. Really? Yeah. Like well, I think even Luch talked about it when he was on. Yeah, he did uh, on spin, spin Yeah, saying like how it's like barbershop. Anything you want, it's yours. I can't imagine getting a barber to come in, bring the scissors, cut the boy's hair up. Huh? Why not? I think I, so. I know the Nuge goes to see my boy uh, Craig at uh, weekly. For well, that's high, great. Just owed everybody too. in that story. Why don't you just tell us his pin code to his bank machine? Oh, well, is that bad to say? <laughs> just kidding. Nuge's hair looks great. Yeah, Nuge Craig looks good great. Job. Connor's off-season hair looks great. Oh, let it go. Let the flow go. Boys, I have one small concern about Connor. Go ahead. Is he aging super fucking rapidly? Uh, Because it's just he's gone. He's going (laughs) from 18 to like a 20-year-old, and that's it right now. Is that what it is? Because I'm concerned. He looks much older than the Nuge. Well, I think everybody looks older than the Nuge. But I'm wondering if the strain... Like, Evan Bouchard has been babysitting the Nuge since draft day. Yes. That's a man. He looks like Luke Richardson in his draft 45. (laughs) I saw Luke Richardson's draft photo for some reason over the last little week, and I looked, and I'm just like, this is not an 18-year-old. This is a 48-year-old. He just has a clean shave. But do I need to worry? Like, I think it's just maybe Connor's looking scruff, which I respect. I'm the scruffiest guy on earth. Or is he aging with the bloody expectations of everything on him? No, I just... Well... Let's park that and maybe give it another year and see what it looks like. I'll put it in my phone just, as a reminder. Yes, because I just think we're just seeing like teenager Connor turn into like kind of man Connor, and that's kind of the step change. I think he looks great, and I'll tell you why. Oh, yeah. But he looks great. Don't get me wrong. He looks great. He just looks older. The beard. Yeah. A little bit of scruff. Yeah. He's got some sun this year. Plenty of travel. Yeah. yeah. Nice bronze. Looking real nice. He's got very Longer good. hair. He's looking kind of like what you would expect from a professional. When they're finally hitting their stride. Well, that's the thing. He's now going to be bridging the gap from mama, we made it money to my grand grandkids are born rich money. Mm-hmm. And he's going to make the switch. You'll see. He'll either get a suit deal, which he may do. I respect that he's not really monetizing as much as he could be. He's not PK Subanning himself across social media, which I also respect because we yep, know ourselves. Of course, out. if he can do it, do it. If he crosses the line to bespoke suit money, and you'll see players do that. They'll sign the deal, and then they'll show themselves coming into work to start the season. They're like, yeah. so-and-so, fresh off his deal, and he's clearly like gone to Saville Row or somewhere, and they made a suit for him. That's what I'm looking forward for Connor. When like his watch band matches his <laughs> socks, matches his hair somehow. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's any uh, effect happening on him from getting $13 million deposited in his bank account on July 1st? No. I doubt it. Unchanged. Yeah. He's a robot. Do you think he bought anything nice? Yes. This he is flies what private now. I know that. Yes. I bet you what he said, if I'm guessing, because Connor and I are quite good friends. And by that, I mean I have a photo of him taped to the underside of my bed that I stick my head under my bed once a night and go, good night, Connor. And you saw him at that red light one time. Oh, and I gave him this touchdown. I forgot about that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I think I should almost observe a moment of silence, but we're doing a podcast. That's so beautiful. Can't. <laughs> beautiful moment. I'll bet you he had some stuff in his mind that he's like, okay, I will grant myself the following luxuries once upon this deal coming through. Because I think Connor is the type to reward himself. Yeah. Because you can't be as driven as a guy like Connor without occasionally taking time for a check to continue award. Yep. I bet you he's like, now I fly private everywhere I go. 
Now I never wear a pair of socks twice. Now I'm going to hire Rob Shrimp to come and lace my skates every day. <laughs> I got that Rob Shrimp skate time money. <laughs> I bet the first thing he did was buy, him, uh, buy his parents something. I bet. I would bet dollars to donuts that he bought the McDavid Mama and Papa something nice. Without a doubt. I bet you they're more like, well, we're going to buy a cabin in the Ontario Lake Muskoka. Country. Yeah. It, Connor well, paid for it. As they like to say, cottage country. Cottage but we all country. know it's a fucking cabin. 100%. Cottage country. Bet yep. you got him a cottage. See? That's beautiful, though. Beautiful. They deserve it. Cam McDavid, I bet you bought him a Dodge Whip Nitro. Yeah, (laughs) fresh whip for sure. 2013 Dodge Nitro. Connor Gillies. All highway. All highway. What would be the first thing that you would buy if you had $13 million deposited into your account on July 1st? Yeah, I I, I would. If if my parents had a mortgage on their house, you'd pay it off. I think it'd be the first step. Are you talking 20 year old Connor, you or like us? Well, okay. well, like if you were Connor, what yeah, would you do? Yeah, if you're Connor, you're 20 years old. You just got 13 sheets. You let your flow you. go a bit. You finally grow a whisker. It's good. You find like you found your place in the league. Three years are up. Now you're making big smoke. What's Wanye buying? 20 year old Wanye. You got 13 million bucks. Well, say say I'm 20 year old Connor because 20 year old Wanye has no frame of reference for any of this. 20 <laughs> year old Wanye is like, hey, how many 25 cent drafts can I get for 108 <laughs> million US? I don't know, like two billion. Hey. What would happen to a guy if he drank 2.8 billion 25 cent drafts? Like, I wouldn't have been equipped. Connor is equipped. I would honestly go and talk to a car guy and be like, I'm very rich. I want to buy a very rich guy car, but I don't want it to depreciate. So should I buy? I'm not going to drive it either. Should I buy an old Porsche? Should I buy an old Cobra? Should I buy the car Bonnie and Clyde used to commit a bank robbery? I don't want to go buy a brand new Lamborghini and have it go through the floor. I want something that's going to go up. And you can. There's old cars you can buy, Jay, that will go up in value. Oh, the, yeah. next five oh, years. the uh, yeah. Jay Leno approach. What yeah. I call that. And then I'd be like, hey, do you want to see that 1967 Rolls Royce Phantom 2 I can't drive? And then people would be like, why are you talking to me? And I'd be like, because in this fictional scenario, I'm rich. Would you have at all put in consideration that you could buy 10 million Jumbo Donaires? 20-year-old me, yeah. $108 million. Really? That's amazing. How many value meals is that in the McDonald's drive-thru at 3 in the morning? (laughs) The reason I ask is that I put together a list of 15 things I would do with $100 million. Didn't you prepare for this? Well, Well, actually, set us up. I wrote the article. Well, actually, I wrote this article last summer. Oh, my God. Are you name-checking yourself for a year-old article? OilersNation.com. Read my content. You could, if he wanted, he could build the funicular from his condo right down to Roger's place. Wouldn't that be great? Not just for him, but for I the whole city. I think it'd be more city? of a tram than it would be a funicular. If, if we're going to get technical. If that could have a toll on it, that might not be a bad spend. Everybody stops once a day, something like that, when you see Connor traveling from his apartment oh. to the arena. That's a good moment for all of us. Oh, yeah. I not only is that, picture that for some reason. See? Not only is that improving everybody's lives, but Connor's commute as well. He's like, I don't got time for traffic. So no, he get a funicular. Perhaps the car you're looking for, Wanye, is a $13 million Rolls-Royce Sweeptail. Sweptail. Shit. Is that old? It is uh, listed at $12.8 million, one of the most expensive cars on the planet. Yeah. Car payments at approximately $217,000 per month. Oh, you can't, oh, you can't finance a swoop. That's three shifts. Three shifts. A couple of games. No Co- problem. A couple of laughs. A <laughs> couple of tucks. Yeah. That means ghoul. A lot of good stuff. You could also um, buy and rename the Talus Balls. They were $600,000. That's lunch money. And then call them Connor's Balls? That's his ELC. Connor's Shiny Balls. If you could charge a quarter every time someone made that joke, you'd be rich. See? That's what I'm (laughs) talking about. 
That's what I'm talking about. Let's swing it over to some listener questions. Let's close this baby out strong. We got some listener questions that came in via the Twitter. And the first one comes from Mike DeKalb. Mike DeKalb wants to know, he enjoyed last week's conversation about old Oilers from the Decade of Darkness. Uh, Which UFA signing during the Decade of Darkness gave you the most optimism? Oh, Do you remember? Yeah. Because there was plenty of Kool-Aid drank around this table at the nation in general. I remember a day when the Oilers signed three players. One was Ben Eager, one was Darcy Hordachuk, and one was Eric Belanger. And I said, you know what? That improved our bottom six. That brought some toughness to the roster. And boy, we are looking good. Boy, was I wrong. I thought the day we signed, and this, well, he was a free agent, Justin Schultz. The fact that we could trick him and lure him to make Edmonton the city he goes to play in, I'm like, we have finally got here. It was like a LeBron thing almost in the sense that I'm taking my talents to Edmonton and rather than, you know, wherever. I remember there was yeah, like, like 10, he chose. teams. Like, like we, we, we seduced him. We, we had, finally, the Dan Healy videotape worked. I remember Mark Messier. They pulled out all the big guns on him, too. Messier was on the phone. Gretzky was on the phone. Paul Coffey was on the phone. Schultz. <laughs> what? It's just what, so what sad. A, what a memory. It's just so sad to think, like, Gretz, we need you on the phone today at 3 p.m. All right, what do you need me for? The big phone call to get Justin Schultz to come here and flop. I'll be there. We needed him, and we had him. Wani, is there one that just kind of... I don't know, man. I was pretty pumped about Cam Barker. I was super pumped about Gilbert Brule. I was, <laughs> I like, was pumped about I was like, Brule Spiral too. Fracture. I remember me and Willis wrote a three-part article series on it. And I was on like, Gilbert Brule? Oh, yeah. We were serious. We texted back and forth, emailed. We did our homework. <sighs> and I was like, we got to chronicle this MF coming aboard because he's going to return to form. A corkscrew fracture the length of his leg? That won't linger. And then did. that thing happened with Bono. Oh, right. I forgot and he this picked thing up about Bono. Bono. Remember that, Jay? Yeah. Remember how excited we were? Mike, this guy's got character. He's got character. That's who we need in the room. No way Gilbert Boulay drives Bono somewhere and then blows on season out of his you-know-where. Gilbert Boulay was a good pick. Cam Barker, too. I was like, third pick overall. The Hawks don't miss. It's a rare misstep that we could pick him up for fuck all. On a one-year deal, and it was cheap? $2.3 million, if I recall correctly. Goodness. Goodness. Well, Mike, thank you very much for pointing that out for us, buddy. I appreciate the walk down painful memory lane that is being an Oilers fan. Next question comes from Anna. I've seen the Oilers plugging tickets harder than I can remember. I've also talked to friends who have been season ticket holders for years who gave them up this year. Why do you think this year was the breaking point for some people? What made it different than the decade of darkness? Oh, this year we all thought we were going to win the cup. That's where it is, right? It's, <laughs> it's, it, 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 to me, it begins. And we thought our, our, our hopes for the season were so high. And then they go out and lay a giant egg. Where before, we knew they sucked, but we were always just wishful. Like, they can take the playoffs. They can do it. And then they would start off shitty. And we wouldn't care. And we keep supporting these guys. I think it's because we put them on a pedestal. And they shot the bid. And that, that, that hurt more than how it was to watch during the decade Hopes of had officially turned into expectations. Yes. Juanay, do you have a thought on why this might be the breaking point for people? Well, first of all, I feel bad for anybody who breaks because we've been in this bandwagon on a <laughs> straight one-way path that God knows where together for a long time now. And if you're getting off the bandwagon in 2018 after the Cam Barker years and after the Eric Cole years and after the Tom Rennie years and after the... Hells bells, there's too many things of the Javi Bullen years and after all those years. If 2018 with back to back 
Art Ross winning Connor McDavid is when you go, you know what? I've had enough. I'm out. I feel bad for you. Legit. Because I think that, and I always think this, I'm the guy who invented Hope Will Never Die. I think things are going to be fine. I don't see a guy like Connor McDavid in the long run not winning. I think there's going to be a lot of painful tooth extractions. But I think that in the long run, it's going to work out. Why is this the year that so many people are giving up? I feel like there's also the economic reality of it, man. It is expensive at the new arena. How much did uh, tickets go up this year? Did they go up? I assume uh, they did. They went up uh, like 10 to what? 13%. Yeah. 13%? It's price elasticity, my friends. It's mm. simple macro microeconomics, which I sort of slept through in my first year of university. But people have a ultimately a limit on the elasticity of what sure. they can afford. Sure. I wonder what the NHL at the Oilers, I wonder what season ticket churn is. I bet you it's like 3 to 5%. I bet you, yeah, I bet you it's low. Well, this year obviously we're seeing it, it being on a high. Because I don't even know if there's a waiting list now for but, season tickets. But they may churn through all those tickets just through the waiting list process and stuff. But I, th- I think the waiting list has dwindled to nothing. Oh, what, really? Yeah, because yeah, my brother I think anyone. I think you can get season tickets right now is Joe Blow, I think. Can we do that? Can we do that so that we get all of our grift that we're owed? Yeah, you did talk about wanting to go to the uh, season ticket holders lunch. We could go, Jay, and wear fake mustaches and be sitting there with like mm-hmm. Oilers Nation gear on with the word not above Oilers Nation. Be like, I also have a question for Mr. McTavish. <laughs> 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 Just like a giant one of those uh, cowboy hat cameras. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I myself would like to suggest the power play shoot more. <laughs> Thank you, sir. ALG Double Double asks. I know them. I want to know what your thoughts are on an Oilers third jersey. What is your ideal third jersey? What does it look like? Something old school that's been used before or something completely different? Here's what you do. You bring back the Todd McFarlane sprocket. Sprocket. But you tilt it vertical Mm. so that it's pointing straight down. And you issue like wrapper pendants that spin like the old little John chains covered in diamonds. No one will be able to afford them. By God, if anyone does wear one around, that'll be the talk of the town. In the meanwhile, you could like shine up the jerseys and make them all bling blingy. I think that thing would look rad with an update. Second jer- or third oh. jersey for me is the one that I wish that the Oilers would just have right behind Wanye. I'll post a picture of it on the Twitter. Is just a classic blue and orange Oilers jersey. No wrapper chain. Well, I mean, that goes without saying. I think you have to include the wrapper chain. But I'm just talking about the actual look of the jersey, the blue and the orange. Where they went inverse, yeah. orange body, blue shoulders. I want back to blue body, orange shoulders. That is my ideal jersey. I have one. I love it. It's my favorite. Squire, what do you think? I, 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 would, I would agree. Because uh, when you think of an Oilers jersey, that's what you think of. But I guess to make it just a little bit different, so we can have three different opinions on this, is taking that jersey and making it the WHA logo, mm. where the Oilers is actually in orange, not blue. And the crest. I like that. Could and the oil drop look, is blue. Could you ever bring back the guy pulling on the stick on the shoulder? Could you update that somehow and bring him back? He was pretty cool. That's like putting the fisherman on the Islander jersey. Well, that's a harsh, harsh comparison. That was one of the ugliest jerseys of all time. Well, I'm just trying to paint a picture for you. <laughs> Brad asks, who would win Nation Big Brother if all Nation staff was locked in a house together? Oh. I gotta think this through. Before we talked about maybe Coom, <laughs> Coom would be my bet. I think he's too emotional of a player. I think 
you're right, but I think he would channel that rage with his weird coom like intensity mm-hmm. into performances in the challenges. It'd be entertaining, and, like JC, in a sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I would go with. I think Chris would win. He is so fucking friendly. He is True. such a nice guy True. that he would be able to float between sides of the house if it got divided, and no one would suspect him. But floaters can only go so far. True. And the floaters most alphas don't pawns. stick around. The most alphas get booted. Yeah. I mine mine actually would be you, Bagmelk. Oh. For the reason of is that you are calm. You've got the darkness when you need to activate it. And that is the key. You've got the calm crazy. So if you need to make a big move or get cutthroat in the game, because it is a game, everyone, I think you've got the stones to do it. I like how you threw out in everyone at the end. Like we're talking to a group of big brother haters. That's right. Calm down, everyone. (laughs) Big brother's a game, everybody. Take a fucking chill pill, all of you. Our friend Ryan at Captain Felton wants to know, what is your favorite arena to watch hockey in other than... Rogers Place, of course. Rexall Place. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. It I was miss great. Rexall Place. But you guys have been around. You've gone to a lot of arenas. I do, I've only been to three NHL arenas. So for me, if Rogers Place is knocked out, well, I guess Rexall four, technically. Glendale would be my best because my only other option is the Saddle Dome, and that place is a shithole. Oh, God, what a Straight shithole. So I'm going to go Glendale in Arizona because of the surrounding area. It's cool as fuck. There's bars. There's restaurants. Super cool spot. I guess I'll go there because I don't have a large frame of reference. Mine would be Nashville. You've talked about Nashville a lot. Because. The vibe. The vibe. Where, like, what it's plugged into. Like, it's right on Broadway. Like, it's right in the heat of the action. So, for pregame, postgame, it's got everything. And then also, it's a cool-looking arena. And they've got a very good vibe in there. But the Predators suck. Predators do suck. P.K. Subban, although I think he's great for the game. I don't like him. Oh, I wouldn't he's not an Oiler. When he got his chance to come here, he said no. That's right. I'm going to go down and become the darling of Nashville. Wanya, well, you've been to a bunch of arenas. Madison Square Garden. The classic. It's rad, man. Every time I'm Madison Square Garden or I'm walking around New York, I'm like, I'm in Batman. I'm in Blade Runner. I'm in the future. I'm amazing. I'm the dancing cowboy. Do they, obviously they update it because that's buildings old, the hills. What is it like inside Madison Square Garden? It's weird. Like it doesn't. It's three different levels. You can have three events simultaneously. Really? Yeah. Cool. And it looks like an office building, sort of. You don't really realize. It's like, I, think, I think it's the third Madison Square Garden they've actually had. They keep renaming it that. Hmm. It's cool, though, because it's just in the middle of downtown, which is all of New York, I suppose. Cool. Good any question. Uh, honorable mentions? We have one last question for any other honorable mentions for you guys. Montreal. Mentions. Oh, oh, I've never been to a game in Montreal, but uh, that would be unreal. Yeah, I... They're super passionate. Dan went to Vegas. Vegas. Shock of the day. Dan wants to go see his favorite team. Which brings it up. We need to get this hat burning thing going on. Yeah. Well, there's some, there's some dirty laundry or some, some, some stuff we need to air out because Dan is not of the mind that the hat should be burned. I feel like it should be burnt. I think it should have been burnt two months ago. We need to go back to the tape to get a definitive answer. We keep saying this tape. We got to go back to the tape. He's going to come back and be like, nope, didn't hear anything. (laughs) We got to do this because the season is fast approaching and I got to get Dan's hat ready. Finally, we mentioned her a little bit earlier. Artist. Nuge Drawer. Ah. Sketcher. G-Man. The G-Man. Favorite musical artist from the 90s. Full full handled though. What's the full name? 
Well, she's changed it. Oh, I see. I can't think of creative names. Help is now the new oh, handle. Oh, that's okay. I saw that the other day. Wonder at Art for Oil. At Art for Oil. Mm-hmm. Made an update. We have updated the Twitter handles. Favorite musical artist from the 90s? I'm going to go ahead and say I have a couple. Wow, okay. I'm, I got to do some. Oh, okay. I know how I'm going to go with it. I have a couple. I'm thinking here. I was a massive, massive Limp Biscuit fan. Yeah, huge. Huge Limp Biscuit fan. Same with Corn. Now you know where my legions lied in the 90s. Rap rock. I was a big rap rock guy. Mm-hmm. And then later, towards the end of the 90s, that's where Eminem started to mm. come into my con- subconscious conscious mind. Eminem and rap rock. That's where I was at. Fair Boys? Enough. Jay? Uh, I was a huge Nirvana fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of, uh, like alt rock, I was really into that. With always kind of a passion for R&B and rap as well. Um, the rap rock, Limp Biscuit did get me. Like, they were, like, when they came, like, like Prodigy, Limp Biscuit, mm-hmm. like, those. When Roland came going. out, I was yeah. like, these guys are in the zone. Yeah. They did it all for the Nookie? Come on. Yeah. I was in grade nine when Nookie came out. Oh, that song was a smasher. It always blows my mind when a band can come out with their first album, have a bunch of bangers. And then follow it up with a second album. Yeah, first album would have been... expectations are so high. $3 Bill Y'all was their first album. Uh-huh. Significant other followed up. Flavored Water. That, that was number, number three. Oh, that was the album that really, for me, did it. Yeah. It had songs with like hot rappers and like people who were banging. Uh, on uh, Significant Other, their second album, they had that song with uh, Method Man on it. Yeah, and Together hot Now. Fire. Yep. Hot, hot, fire. hot fire. For me, it's tough. Like the 90s spanned, you know... 10 years, I believe. Yeah. Well, if I have to do the math. I think you're on, you're onto something there. Like everything I knew as a kid up to being like a quasi sentient adult. I think probably Snoop Dogg and Puff Daddy would be my two. Do you favorites. remember the first album you bought with your own money? Oh yeah, Rap Tracks One, which was a compilation album. I bought it Westmount, and I wheeled in there like seven years old, thinking I was the king of everything. And my mom's like, "What do you want to buy that for? That won't last. That's a fad." I had to get my brother with to come with me to buy my first album that I bought with my own money, which was Snoop Dogg Doggy Style. Best album of all like time. Ninety four. Best album of all time. I paid like thirty dollars for it. I remember. Best album of all time. So good. I listened to it the other day. I'm looking at music just in 1990 alone, and I'm just like, holy shit! There's some good stuff here. So many. 1990, isn't that the like year 19- To the Extreme came out with Vanilla Ice? <laughs> uh, no. I believe you'll find Ice Ice Baby at the top of that list. <laughs> no, Ice Ice Baby was like 91, 92, oh, 91? I believe. Snow, Informer. Oh, classic. Don't even. You know, we should amended question. Who was the one hit wonder of the 90s that you most hoped would make it that didn't? Sorry. Oh, that's tough. I was too busy reading about Aimee Kamosi. Please uh, re-ask that question. Who was the one hit wonder of the 90s you were most upset didn't put out more bangers? Like, who were you most let down by? Vanilla Ice for me. Like, I was like, man, I can imagine Vanilla Ice and four or five more albums. It's going to be wild. I loved that song, and this was a little bit mid-90s. It looks like the, uh, what was that song? The Verve? Bittersweet oh. Symphony? You know the story about that song? Yeah, they got, uh, they sampled the Rolling Stones or something like Without that. permission. Yeah, and every time that song gets played, all the money goes to Mick. I always felt so bad for them because that was their only song. They, they gave up none of it. That, ironically, is the Bittersweet Symphony. Hundred <laughs> percent. The one I'm looking at, Eagle Eye Cherry, Save Tonight. That was oh, a smasher. Great, great jam. Right. Great jam. How about the Rembrandts? I'll be there for you, but well, cashing they, in on they the made friends too much thing. money. Exactly. The what Rembrandts. About- are- 
Oh, go ahead. Oh, they're going to say the Rembrandts are somewhere in the south of France right now on like adjoining yachts. Like, ha ha. Remember the episode where Chandler got the TV guide with the wrong name? Ha ha. So this song still gets referenced today. And if you listen to like, if people are mashing together the music, this is a classic all time. This song was probably big in all of our lives. And you thought maybe it could go, he, this guy could take it further. And that is Montel Jordan. I was going to say oh, Montel Jordan. Do oh, do the it. best. I thought 6-8 was he, how he stood. Yeah, that's right. People thought the music that he made was good. And it wasn't good. It was one song good. I got that album and I still have that's it. That's funny that you named him. Yeah. I got it through Columbia House when I thought that was a good idea because yeah. I got the 30 tapes for a penny or Forged whatever. your mom's signature. Oh, yeah. Yeah, smart. And then I paid $39 for a CD for the next 100 years of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Was that the scam? I always saw those in the back of magazines. Yeah, like, yeah. One yeah. day, one day I'll get all this. So and they would get, just, yeah. You get like 30 tapes at the time for a penny or whatever. And then the you had to buy X number per year. And they were like $40 each. So it evened out over time. And then they did not let you go until you finally got that 20th album or whatever. It was. Sons of bitches. I discovered some good music, though. They would send you albums monthly. They would call it their monthly pick. And if you opened it, you had to buy it. Yep. So it was like a nice little gamble. I discovered REM that way. Oh. Yep. Yep. Little uh, little bag milk fun fact for you there, Wanye. Let me follow up with another question of my own, listener question, at Wanye Gretz, all handles. All right. I'm ready for it. Do you think, because I remember there was, there was Nirvana, and there was Pearl Jam, and there was like the two super groups. And I always thought those were like the two biggest bands of like 94 to 96, we'll say. Did Pearl Jam live up to what they were supposed to be after their first album with Jeremy and all that shit? Pearl Jam, you have to give them a lot of respect because they still tour. They just did a thing. The they still I say tour. This, they got a huge following. They just raised money are, for Seattle homeless. You oh yeah, no, this? they do fantastic work. Yeah. But I'm I'm kind of the mind with you. But the, but they've got such a loyal large. They're like the Grateful Dead. Yes, well said. Uh, we're like they're, that album. Obviously, uh, what was that album called? Ten. Was it Ten? Unbelievable. So many good songs on that, and they still have made some good music. But it's not like the best but their fucking following loves them to me they're always like a band exactly like you said where they were everybody knows pearl jam's a massive band nirvana was iconic yeah like i thought pearl jam was going to be the u2 of their generation i thought that they would put out eight albums of amazing songs tour arenas forever and they still do tour arenas oh yeah they've like i said like but do they just play 10 and then like no no they'll play all because like people love pearl jam love everything they do like like eddie better can do no wrong exactly yeah you call him david matthews no, Dave Matthews. <laughs> well, David Matthews, like, yeah, I believe. David Matthews. David Matthews to the office, please. David guitar. Matthews. As in, as per uh, this Billboard article I'm looking at from 2013, 10 has sold over 10 million units in the United States. Maybe alone. that's why they called it 10. They should have called it 100. Yeah, that's right. I fucked up. We'll see you next week, folks. The Real Life Podcast. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.